Hello, and welcome to Ship Talking Pod. I'm your host, Brandon, and for this week's episode, I'm joined by our community manager, James, the real one, though, not the Terran imposter that somehow swapped places with him last time. Glad to have the real you back, James. It's good to be back, and, you know, I am here, but I am a tiny bit insulted that it took you a whole episode to realize (laughs) that that wasn't me. I thought we knew each other. Come on. We do. He was just so so good uh no but uh james welcome back but yeah tell us and did you get up to anything in the mirror universe while you were there uh mainly dodging the terrans i'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> you would not believe terran brandon he is oh, an yeah? absolutely ruthless host so oh. keep out of his way if you ever stumble across in a transporter accident uh, is my recommendation good to know well you missed our quick little shore leave that we had on Ryza. but as a note on that we plan to do that about every six weeks or so now that said as a teaser of sorts we actually have two new productions in the work that will run alongside this main pod so be rare that you our listeners will go a week without any ship talking content More details on both of those soon, but I can confirm one is an official collaboration pod with Eagle Moss slash Hero Collector, so you'll definitely want to stay tuned for more information. Well, I know I'm going to be, but if you are interested in hearing more about these, keep a Twitter tab open or an Instagram. We like to update both regularly because we've been doing a huge amount of work behind the scenes, and I don't know about you, Brandon, but I can't wait to finally lift the curtain. I cannot wait either. Anyway, on this week's episode, we're going to be talking ship with videographer Alan Kayan. Alan is known around the Trek universe as Zeph Films and is the creator of the incredibly popular YouTube channel of the same name that features videos of Trek ships. I'm really looking forward to this chat. One of the things we haven't touched on too much so far in the pod is a final step of any Mm -hmm. shipbuilding process videography. While the designers and artists that build the ship do a ton of legwork to make ships look great, ultimately it's the person behind the edit controls that decides whether a flyby is iconic or, well, not. That is very true. Now, before we meet up with him, we're going to review the answers to this week's community queue. We'll give a new one, and then after the chat, of course, we'll take a look at all the plans that you've sent in for this week's All Hands on Deck drill, as well as announce the next guests for the show, yes, plural, that are going to be joining next week. Lots of Trek ahead, so let's warp right into things with this week's community queue segment. Engage. For this week's community queue, we asked you all, do you prefer ships with nacelles that are housed over the hull or those that swing underneath? So for this one, there was an overwhelming amount of responses for over the hull. And while the other option was actually, of course, underneath, we actually got a lot of answers that says, well, it depends on the ship design. And that was actually what was most frequently submitted after being over the hull. I definitely noticed it on Twitter when we put this one Mm -hmm. up. Some of the very first replies to the post were, Uh, people saying, you know, what about the Prometheus? What about the Cheyenne class? Mm -hmm. Uh, And even, you know, the ones that have the nacelles in the middle, like my beloved Intrepid class. Well, they also have them over the hull, right? When they pivot up and go into their uh, warpable animation. There's a video somewhere, I'd have to dig it out, of just the Intrepid class nacelles doing a flappy wing sort of thing to make it go along. Oh, I have it. And I've actually been saving it in our back pocket for April Fool's Day to put out on our socials. So that'll be a... (laughs) (laughs) something for everyone to look forward to but yeah you're right (laughs) so there were actually some hidden options 
functions that we purposely left out and we were wondering ooh, the community would actually catch on to it and of course everyone being the smart trekkies and trekkers that they are they sure did and as such we received many responses that said neither over or under because they most prefer ships with of course being out to the side or variable like the intrepid as well as options that have both so like our favorite four nacelle ships like the prometheus or the stargazer we also of course got responses that included a new preference for detached nacelles which of course we saw first in the most recent season of discovery absolutely and there were some really interesting bits of reasoning behind what people said as well a particular one that stood out to me was somebody that said they preferred over the hull for the federation but for alien vessels they preferred them when they swung under uh, which i thought was an interesting distinction to make and way of kind of easily differentiating ships when they're on screen you know you can instantly tell from a silhouette we've spoken about silhouettes on the podcast before if all federation ships are over and all aliens are under something interesting for me where i think where the nacelles are placed actually lends to what i think the ship is in terms of its role i actually come Mm. to think that ships that have nacelles over the whole seem more powerful than those that are underneath but i know that is absolutely not true especially (laughs) since we've been doing the pod and speaking to many of the artists who've created some of those ships Uh, but it's something interesting that i've had a bias in my mind but it was really really great to see everyone's answers and of course we always love seeing them come in so thanks for participating yep thank you and for the next community queue we want to know which non-federation race you think has the best looking fleet of ships so for this one we want you to consider all the ship classes that fall within that race's fleet and they can of course be prime timeline or alternate universe or even beta canon so email us your answers use the submission form on our website or just send us a tweet i will give you bonus points if you send us a tweet because you know i run the twitter account (laughs) and i really enjoy debating with you all each week on the ins and outs of our community cues i love watching it from the sidelines well james i think it's time you and i beam over to the shipyard for our chat with alan to transport chief energize The thing that always really appealed to me in the Star Trek franchise was the ships. Like, I love the story and all that. But the thing in the movies, especially I'm going to reference First Contact and Nemesis specifically Mm -hmm. uh, with the Sovereign. Oh, gosh, she's a beauty. (laughs) Mm, Lovely ship. In the First Contact, near the beginning of the movie, there's the scene where the Sovereign swoops in in front of the Defiance. Yes. And you get those chills down your back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's Nemesis, where the Enterprise is at warp, and then it kind of just gets knocked out of warp by the Scimitar, and it kind of drifts back and then yeah. to Impulse. And it's just that cinematography showing off the ships like that like really resonated with me. And I'm like, I really want to replicate this with like new ships and established mm-hmm. ships that are already in Star Trek Online. Sure. So enter... Um, fresh out of space dock. And Brandon, you might remember this. Remember the community ship that everybody voted on that ended up being the Jupiter carrier? Uh, that was the very first fresh out of space dock. Oh, wow. Dock. Okay, so yeah. That ship was released and people were unsure because of the photos. It's like, I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I know how to do stuff in mm-hmm. demo record. Why don't mm-hmm. I give people a closer look to the ship plus try and invoke like that kind of feeling of awe when you look sure. at a ship that you get yeah. from like the movies mm-hmm. and that. 
And now I'm in season six of Fresh Out of Space Dock, and that's kind of the origin story. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I'm glad you shared that. We love a good origin story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially when it surrounds beauty shots of ships. And that's exactly what your videos are. They're absolutely incredible. And you really help have them come to life. You can tell a story just with the work that you've done. So when you're looking at these ships, and you know, obviously there's a whole range of ships, and you get to decide what you want to work on, right? And you're kind of in that pre-production process and you're like okay uh, you know I want this to come across I want this feeling to be invoked I want to show these angles I imagine that's something interesting you have to work through before you actually jump in and start working on it in the beginning yes it was a process like a fresh out of space talk video in the past like season one would take me almost a month to do <laughs> mm. um now wow. uh, for example the the latest bundle came out for Star Trek Online with the yes. four ships. Yep. I knocked that out in an afternoon. Oh, wow. I've been doing it for six years. So it's right. just like... You become a pro I, at your craft, right? Yeah. Like, I know I want my initial shots to be, like, close up, slow panning of, like, unique aspects of the ship and then go to full-blown here's how the ship looks as a whole and then let's look at it in different environments with different lighting and see how it looks like in those environments so uh, like I have so many missions open where I just like I transwarp to it because I know the lighting there is cool mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then if the ship is I, I don't like doing battle scenes for all of them mm -hmm. um, like the galaxy class the galaxy class is not a like yeah it's a formidable ship but it's mm -hmm. an exploration ship it's not sure. a battleship and so with the galaxy class Class. I don't want battle scenes to tell that story. I want to tell the story of exploration with it. Whereas the new Tamir that just came out in Stowe for the anniversary, that mm -hmm. I'll probably do battle scene with because it's a battleship. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's got that mean look to it. Exactly, yeah. So I go and do my shots. If I need to do battle shots, I'll do battle shots. And then the, the painful part still is finding music that'll oh, match right. the mm. tone that I want to go for. I'm guessing you go royalty free as much as possible yeah i purchased license uh, music licenses for all of my videos and i just passed a okay. hundred a couple of weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of tracks yeah that must be an incredible amount of work to not just find the track that you want but of course make it work for the shots you've taken yeah last night i probably spent an hour trying to find music for the temer class i'm doing the cinematic on mm -hmm. it now and i just couldn't find one that vibes so it's usually just best just to walk away and pick it up the next day and then once i have the music literally I mark out where I want my scene transitions and then literally it feels like everything falls into place once you have your music and you know like what scenes you want where it just it just melts all together it's very nice fantastic <laughs> I, I've totally forgot about the music side of things but I'm really glad you brought that up because that really adds to that story that you're telling with the ships and of course just adds to the overall feelings that a viewer gets from it and I know whenever I post up a ship and there's no sound everyone's like where's the sound it's like well well you know I, I need copyright approval from the artists who've created this and you know the composers that have done it and unless you're like you who get to make these amazing productions yourself and actually purchase those licenses you know that's harder to do so God, I didn't even think about that. The music is the most pain in the butt part of it. <laughs> I'll start playing the preview. And if I'm not hooked, 
within the first five seconds of the song, I go on to the next one. Wow. You have to hook your audience in the first five to 10 seconds or you, you'll yeah. lose interest. So if I'm losing interest, then uh, chances are I'm going to lose other people's interest. If mm. I get chills from my music that I've picked, then I know, okay, this is, this is going to work really good. Out of the latest bundle, obviously there are four ships in there. Which was the most tricky to get right in terms of shots and general feel to the video you made? Um the the repulse um it was a lot longer <laughs> than i anticipated <laughs> Um, in the video, uh, I left the repulse to the end for a very specific reason. So for that video, I think each shot was, there was three shots per ship, um, and they were each seven seconds long. Mm. And the repulse was so long, I had this one shot that started at the back near the distels and panned towards the front of the ship. And I needed 14 seconds to get from the back to the front at the speed that I was going. If I go too okay. fast, then it starts to chop a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I had to use, I had to stretch that part out and it just made more sense near the end because, well, credits are coming up in that, right? The bigger ships are bigger and really flat ships are really hard to uh, incorporate into videos like the universe class that is big and flat. <laughs> right. The cross field as well, I imagine, was fairly difficult to get right. Um, no, um, the cross field I actually didn't have. I was actually really excited about the cross field because Discovery was out at the time. I actually. Mm -hmm really really liked the design and there was a lot that i wanted to do to it like it had a lot of features to it that like um spore drive for example so mm -hmm. i knew i i knew right off the bat i would need a shot in one system where it's using the spore drive and then set up a shot in another system where it's coming out of the spore drive jump um and then right. battle and all that so um that wasn't too hard to do plus it's it's not as flat as the universe class and it's nowhere near as big mm -hmm. the pancake <laughs> the universe really is the giant pancake of the star trek universe <laughs> yeah exactly exactly you know what's great about the videography you do is you don't just focus on federation ships but you've actually done a great job of showing all different types of alien races and i think something that we find for star trek fans i know even on our show we're guilty of it we see in community submissions there's a lot of love out there for federation but i know that you try and do your best to to show you know everything that's out there yeah like if if a new klingon or a romulan ship is coming out then i'll definitely do it um obviously i don't play kdf too much so i don't okay. own many kdf ships sure, i would like sure. to do more kdf ships and now with star trek online introducing the the bringing down of the wall oh yes um, uh, that mm. should that should actually be something that I can pursue more. Uh, but to your point of the community being uh, big Federation lovers, I've released two community ship of the line videos, mm -hmm. and I got I think it was like seventy something submissions. None of them were Klingon ships. Right. <laughs> yeah. So my yeah. next community ship of the line is going to be just Klingon ships. <laughs> See, I love that, putting the spotlight on it. And we try and do that here when we're doing an all-hands-on-deck drill for the community. We try and stay away just from your typical Federation kind of scenario. And uh, everyone's going to hear later in this episode, but we actually had quite a few submissions for, for KDF and Ramen, which I, I think is fun. But I think you bring up a good point, right? Whenever we're putting out content that is not Federation, we actually have less views on it especially yeah. when it comes to twitter or instagram mm. and i imagine that's something that you run into yourself unless it's a d7 people love the d7 interesting anything else it's like a kind of hit or miss why do you think that is i don't know uh 
I really don't know. In like the Star Trek Online community, the D7 seems to be the popular like go-to Klingon ship. Recognizable, right? Yeah, from my experiences at least. But yeah, if I try and do like other alien type ships, uh, with exception to Romulan. Mm. Romulan, there's a, a lot of love for the Romulan people. Very interesting that you run into the same things we do when we're talking about non, non-fed non content. Well, and that just harkens to like what we see in the franchise like star trek you think star trek you think starfleet Mm -hmm. you think the enterprise the d the e the defiant you don't think about the beautiful dominion carriers that are in star trek online Uh, i've kind of always said like we need like a uh, a Klingon focus show or even a Romulan focus show like I think that would draw a lot more attention to the KDF and the Romulans like in game and that and, mm-hmm. but it is what it is and we just muster on through and keep doing our thing yeah I mean it's the classic situation of we the viewer always put ourselves in the shoes of the people that we spend the most time with when we're watching TV shows. And so it's completely natural that all Trek fans feel more drawn to Federation ships. It must be something like 90% of ship screen time is Federation ships. And Mm. you do occasionally get some great opportunities to explore other ships, other cultures. There's that early Next Generation episode where Riker does the officer exchange with the Klingons. I can't recall the name of it off the top of my head. But that was a really interesting episode for me. And I imagine that if there was a similar episode in one of the new shows, we'd see a sudden uptick in Klingon play accounts and things like that. Because Mm. people like to feel like the characters that they're watching. That's part of the lure of the escape. Yeah. Mm Speaking of watching, so Alan, when you're watching these shows and you're seeing these ship shots, what's going through your mind when you're, you know, mid-production on something of your own and then you see it on screen? And I guess from that point of view, do you you take inspiration from there? And also, what have been your thoughts on, you know, the most recent series of Star Trek and and the ship shots we have seen? Not a lot of people like Discovery Season 1. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, I especially loved the first episode there's just there's so many ships (laughs) how could i not love it right yeah like i don't care burnham if burnham started the war or not look at all the ships and there was um there was actually it was in a trailer too at the shenzhou listing in space on an angle with the klingon ship in Mm. front of it oh yeah and there was the camera pen behind it Mm -hmm. and i was actually able to replicate that shot in star trek online for a video that star trek online released at Star Trek Las Vegas. Oh, cool. Wow. Star Trek Discovery was just like an infusion of creativeness and like creative juices. There we go. Yeah. uh, For me to do videos and it just gave me like i'm like oh wow you know what that camera angle looks amazing how can i do that in game and then i figured out how to do camera angles i'm like oh wow that camera path is really cool i'm gonna try and do this in there um so the new star trek stuff has just been like a lot of inspiration for my videos going forward because you look at ship shots in like the movies like the tng movies and even like in the tv series like voyager and that Mm -hmm. and all the shots of the ship are kind of just flat like there's no tilt to it probably because of the physical model usage right they only have certain camera paths they can do but you get to break that mold well and those were physical models too so it's like you're you're limited to what you can do but now it's just like well i don't add lens flares to my videos for obvious (laughs) reasons (laughs) it's really interesting that you bring up point about angles because me being a voyager fan i can pretty much visualize all the common ship shots that are used in the series over the years Mm. and i since i was 
young, there's always been one that stood out for me and is introduced in season six or seven. And it's just the one of Voyager at a slight angle where it goes across the screen. I believe that one of the more blatant uses of it is in Shattered, but I'd never put together that the reason that that shot stood out to me so much was because it was on an angle compared to the majority of that era of Trek and all previous Trek where stuff's very flat. I mm-hmm. think Enterprise and... Um, I think especially Nemesis probably did a lot more with angles than previous Trek did by a significant margin. There was another shot in Voyager. Um, I'm trying to remember. It's the... Is it called Scorpion? There was an episode called Scorpion, yeah. Yeah, um, where they're uh, up against... They had to get away from the Undyne real quick, and the Voyager is kind of like in a weird spin, and Tom Paris has to hit it to warp mid-spin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That's off. a great shot. I love yeah. it. Remember remember how I was talking about looking for scenes that give you chills? That mm-hmm. one. Love Definitely. it every time. <laughs> Where he just gets up, back up off the ground to the console and just hits it, and you just see it like kind of do a um, a drift and just fly yeah. I love that. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Well, Alan, we know you've got a ton of video production work to get back to, but before we let you go, we've got five rapid fire questions for you, and we'd like to know the very first answer that comes to mind. Does that sound good? Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> don't be, don't be. All right, Alan, what is your favorite ship? Manicore class. Beautiful. Favorite series? All of them. <laughs> TNG. <laughs> Favorite captain? God. Uh, Picard, for now. (laughs) If you were headed into Starfleet Academy and had to pick one of the three career tracks, command, science, or engineering, which would you go with? Oh, command. Totally. I want to tell people what to do. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, what one ship from across the entire franchise that you've filmed was the least photogenic? Basically, one that only its creator could love. I'll have you know, I did a count and... Yeah, there's over 100 ships that I've done. That's a lot of ships. Yeah, the first one that's coming to my mind is the Franklin. I I didn't like that one too much. (laughs) Luckily, there are tons of ships out there. So, you know, many that its creator could love and we all love. But Alan, thanks for that. And thanks so much for joining us for the chat. For now, James and I are going to beam back to our ship so we can head into this week's All Hands on Deck segment. For this week's drill, we handed the community an intelligence dossier in regards to an urgent reconnaissance mission. It read, Following the end of the Dominion War, there have been reports of a new Ketracel White facility being set up near the wormhole in the Gamma Quadrant, and that a Jemadar squadron that turned on their Vorta before the end of the war may be involved. You're the Fleet Admiral overseeing the recon mission, and you need to deploy three ships immediately. Which ships do you send? And bonus points if you tell us why. All right, so for these submissions, the Defiant was in well over half the submission combos, with reasoning, of course, being that it's got a cloaking device. And I'm actually really proud of the community on this one because we saw a ton of responses that included Romulan and Klingon ships. Now, of course, being a recon mission and those ships having cloak maybe propelled that frequency, but I still love it nonetheless. And fair play to everyone. Very proud of you for thinking outside the box and not just going with Fed ships. If we keep in mind the era, we're post-Dominion War. Yep. So relations between Starfleet, the Klingons, the Romulans have never been better, really. And exactly. everyone's on high alert because the war has only just ended. So it makes sense to have a cross-faction task force. Absolutely. We also saw a lot of submissions for the Sovereign due to its intimidation and firepower, the Prometheus 
Prometheus because of its tactical prowess and of course being basically three ships in one, and the Nebula for its scientific advantage. I saw a few sneaky Intrepids in there as well. Can't leave those out. Nope, <laughs> Intrepid, Akira, and Crossfield were also frequently submitted. Can't beat the spore drive for sneaking in and out and getting some recon after all. Absolutely, I mean this all makes sense, right? Cloaking, of course, all is about reconnaissance, sending in ships with cloak to take a look and see what's going on. You've got the Crossfield if you need to jump in and jump out. If you need some firepower, the Akira is going to help out. If you need science capabilities, you've got the Nebula and Intrepid. It all makes sense. Nothing really seemed out of the ordinary, but again, I am just so proud of the community for thinking about Romulan and Fed ships in this, and especially, right, we are in this era of coalition and working together, especially if there's a Jem'Hadar squadron that's gone rogue out there. Absolutely. And of course, can't forget that the Nebula is really versatile because of the pod that you can swap in and out. So depending on the recon that they may get en route to the mission, they can always swap that out and give themselves more of a tactical or more of a sensory advantage. Really cool to see. And of course, if you want to participate in the all hands on deck drills, James posts them up on Twitter towards the end of each week. So make sure to follow and participate. Now, before we wrap up for the week, I'm very excited to announce the next pod episode will feature a double dose of epicness as we have two Trek guests joining us. That we do. Both ship concept artist Hector Ortiz and ship artist and digital modeler Ian Richards will both be stopping by to talk about the process of working together to bring ships from concept to fully fleshed out digital model. They both work at Cryptic Studios and work on the beautiful ships you can command in Star Trek Online. And the discussion will extend beyond gaming, so it's going to be a very interesting chat. I really admire both their work and it will be interesting to find out how they go from just a thought into something that you can actually command yourself. So looking forward to it. Me too. Don't forget, hailing frequencies are always open. Head to shiptalkingpod.com to transmit a message via the submission form. And while you're there, check out our merch. If we can put our logo on it, it's in the store and your support goes straight back into the pod's monthly production costs. Another great way to support us is to become a member of our Patreon community and you can get a link via the website or just go to patreon.com slash shiptalkingpod. In exchange for your support, you can get some great benefits, including expanded discussions with our guests, which is now up to almost 500 minutes after 16 episodes. And one of the tiers even gives you the ability to talk to some of them in a special VIP Discord channel. Many of the ship artists that we've spoken to are active in there and post sneak peeks at the ships they're working on. We truly appreciate your support and it really helps towards the production costs I was mentioning, which include hosting fees, software licenses, and so much more. We really do appreciate it. Feel free, of course, to reach out to us anytime via email. We're at hello at shiptalkingpod.com. Send us your feedback, your entries through the community queue, and we promise we'll get back to every single email we get. We're also, of course, on Twitter under the name at ShipTalkingPod. This is where I share my daily ship fact and more. And it's super active at the moment. So it's a great place to have on ship discussions with other fans and much, much more. I also love participating alongside all of our listeners. And by the way, James, thanks for all you do as our community manager. It's really appreciated by me and the whole team and the whole community. So thanks so much. Of course, the best way our listeners can support us is to tell their fellow ship-loving friends about the show. They can find us wherever they get their pods or just send them to our website and they can get a direct link there. You flatter me, Brandon. But it would be 
an absolute crime to not give a huge shout out to our audio engineer George for all the work he does on the audio production side of things. Our episodes wouldn't go live without him and wouldn't sound nearly as good either. No offense, Brandon. <laughs> no, this is very true. Thanks so much, George. And of course, last but certainly not least, a huge thank you to all of you listening, our amazing community, and of course, our supporters on Patreon. This is a labor of love and we really enjoy it and we do it all for you and you help make it so much fun. Thank you all. Stay safe and well, and we'll catch you next week. That we will. Cheers. Live long and prosper. So... What does the captain yell when Q has replaced the ship's weaponry with VHS copies of 90s TV sitcoms? Hey everybody, set Frasers to stun! <laughs> I'm here all week, enjoy your night everybody! <laughs>